Hey there, welcome to the Biohacker Babes podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Renee, a certified nutritional consultant with a master's degree in nutrition. What's up? And I'm Lauren, functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner and check movement specialist. We're sisters and we're joining forces to empower you to become your own biohacker and upgrade your life. Our mission is to provide actionable steps so you can optimize your health, strengthen your intuition, and support your body's natural healing abilities. Because life is too short to not feel your best every single day. Thank you for joining us and welcome to the show. Welcome, welcome to episode 108 of the Biohacker Babes podcast. I'm Renee and I'm here with my sister Lauren today. Hi, everyone. I am tuning in from Austin. Oh, we got a lot of podcasts this week. Um, it's been fun to record here in Austin. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to hear that a lot this month. Recording from Austin. Yeah. <laughs> definitely definitely a heavy podcast week. Woo. Yes. Um, um, appropriate for today's topic. Yes. So today we're talking about my favorite topic, heat exposure. So Lauren had her turn a couple of weeks ago talking all about cold exposure, but today we're talking about heat so this is thermotherapy or hyperthermia. So rather than hypo, we're talking about hyper today. So this is really exposure to high temperatures, as simple as that. The main things that we can look at for this are saunas, heating mats, hot tubs, hot springs, even exercise can induce that. But today, this is all really about hormesis, one of our favorite words. So this is really the, about the stress response pathways. So these have evolved to maintain cellular homeostasis, and this is really to ensure the survival of organisms under changing environmental conditions. So we all know severe stress is very detrimental, but this mild stress is what is really beneficial for our health and survival. And that is what we call hormesis. So inducing just a little bit of this heat stress, we see amazing benefits. Uh, before we hit record, we were joking about, is there anything that a sauna or heat stress does not do? I mean, the research is just endless. We're definitely going to share some really cool studies today, but we probably could have shared a thousand because there's just so many. So we're definitely going to take you through all the benefits. I think you're going to be pretty mind blown about what this can do for our health. But yeah, it's just never ending. Yeah, I'm pretty convinced after reading through all of the studies, of course, we could rattle off 10 easy reasons why you should do heat exposure. But once we dug into it, really, I was like, oh my gosh, there literally is nothing this doesn't do. If you can think of something, please, something that's beneficial for your health that heat does not do, tell us. Because uh, it really is, this is ancestral hacking. We've talked about this a little bit. It's back to the basics. It's our bodies regulating our temperature because it's a means of survival. Our bodies had to have this natural healing capability and survival response because long before we had AC and fans and things to keep us nice and comfortable, our bodies had to be able to endure this exposure. So it's not like some newfangled biohacking thing in 2021. Heat has been around for a very long time. Please try to argue that with us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. AC is a pretty new thing. And I think we have just become way too comfortable, right? We talk about that all the time. It's like, there's no growth when you're comfortable, but humans have learned how to survive these high and low temperatures for a long, long time. So I was going to save this little tidbit for the end, but in case you're already thinking it, why do we need to be exposed to heat, especially in the ways that we're going to share with you, uh, like through infrared saunas or even a traditional sauna, it is different than being heated or sweating 
through exercise or just being in the sun, we will explain why, but you're getting a completely different response. One, because you can't escape the heat. So sweating is a way of cooling down. It's like our body's internal air conditioning unit. And you can escape the heat if you're outside or in an exercise class, but in a sauna, this <laughs> like, sounds kind of scary. You're stuck in there. You're stuck with, <laughs> you're stuck in the heat. And there actually is like a lot of, uh, a lot of benefit to that. So that's something to look forward to towards the end of this episode. I just want to plant that seed in case you're already like, don't need it. You do. Yeah. And if I can just throw in something funny the other day when we were in Austin together, actually, we were out to brunch and for some reason we started talking about saunas. I guess we were talking about biohacking all weekend long, but our Shocker. friend, our friend that was with us, uh, Kristen mentioned how, you know, I mean, there's so many saunas in Finland, right? We think of like the Finnish saunas. It's like such a staple practice there. She said that even Burger King in Finland has saunas. I'm like, that was me. Oh, that was you that said that. I thought it was Kristen. Yeah, I was telling I, Kristen. Yeah. I was like, what? I actually like didn't really believe it. But then I, as I was looking at all the studies, I found a really funny article talking about Burger King and I saw the picture of their sauna. Of course, mm-hmm. it has like Burger yeah. King logos all over it, but. <laughs> oh my gosh. Can you imagine that in America? Absolutely not. So Rhonda Patrick, who's one of our favorite researchers, she is like obsessed with Asana. So if you enjoyed today's episode and you want to take a deeper dive, she is constantly coming out with amazing, amazing research. And a lot of the studies we cite today are actually from her sources. But uh, I found that one of her articles, and that's because in Finland and Finnish culture, it is just so commonplace. The sauna culture is just part of everyone's. It's not just biohackers and the health enthusiasts, like everyone does sauna there. It's just so standard. So I, I guess that makes sense that it would be in a Burger King. I'm sure it's in other fast food places or odd places. Like, I don't know, maybe in a movie theater, you get cold in the movie theater, kind of go sweat for a minute. <laughs> That's my kind of movie theater. <laughs> yeah. And we'll awesome. explain the difference between finished saunas and what's a little bit more popular today is the infrared sauna. So we'll get to that later in the episode. Awesome. All right, Lauren, do you want to kick us off with the first benefit that we see? Yeah. So a lot happening here, but I think this is sort of the powerhouse behind the mechanism of action. So with this hormesis, so we're kicking up the body's natural healing ability. So our bodies have this cleanup process, this modulatory process, our our body can heal, but sometimes we just need like a little kick in the butt to be told to do so. And what heat exposure does is it activates these heat shock proteins, right? There's proteins throughout the entire body. These are a really specific type of protein that respond to stress. And we can think of these as the cellular housekeepers because they go through and they repair and recycle damaged cells. Uh, So they're basically going through, they're like, are you, are you new? Are you clean? Are you shiny? If you're old, if you're dusty, if you're wreaking havoc, if you're, you know, being, being a bad protein, we're going to kick you out. We're going to clean it out. Just like you clean out your house, take out your trash. And what this is doing is preventing protein aggregation. You don't really have to remember that word, but you've probably heard expressions of protein aggregation, something like an amyloid plaque, which is found in Alzheimer's disease. So if you have too many of these proteins aggregating, that leads to these toxic waste products. I'm actually not even sure if that is the most correct usage of the word, but we have to clean out these old proteins. Otherwise they kind of, they kind of clump up and they start to, to do damage. Almost like the way we talked about oxidative stress 
and free radicals in our longevity episode. It's like if the free radical doesn't find a partner, that that lonely hearts club is like they they just start to get mad and angry and and do some damage. We don't want that. So these heat shock proteins are really going through and cleaning up your house. Thank you for this amazing natural process. And what they uh, potentially do is maintain protein homeostasis. So a nice balance in your body. We're making sure that the, the damaged proteins are not adding to your toxic burden, which then naturally prevents aging or it slows down the aging process, which we've talked about before in the longevity episode. And a lot of things implicated here or correlated. So a, a decrease in heat check proteins and aging is associated with the disruption of cellular homeostasis. And what that causes is cancer, cell senescence, neurodegeneration. So of course, naturally we went with the opposite of that. We want an increase in heat check proteins. And just from a mild, short exposure, you can kick up these HSP for short is what we call them. Oh gosh, this list just goes on and on and on. So I'm going to just rattle these off like very quickly. It also can prevent muscle loss, which eliminates free radicals. It supports antioxidant production. Uh, anything else to throw in there? Well, I think just a tag on to that longevity aspect that you brought up and like the anti-aging piece, there's one heat shock protein in particular, HSP 70 that is really associated with longevity. So it's suggesting that the heat stress can really provide these anti-aging effects that we are all looking for and mm-hmm. that increased lifespan. So episode 100, we talked about lifespan versus health span. We want those to match up, but we do see research on this increasing lifespan, hopefully health health span as well. And um, a really cool study that we found from Rhonda Patrick, like Lauren mentioned, she has so much great research. They found that using the sauna two to three times per week was associated with a 24% lower all-cause mortality. And four to seven times using the sauna per week decreased all-cause mortality by 40%, 40%. That's incredible. Yeah. I mean, just being a little uncomfortable in the sauna for 20 minutes twice a week. That sounds like it's definitely worth it to me. Yeah. Such an easy thing. And we'll link to all these studies in the show notes. If you want to take a deeper dive into that super, super interesting stuff. So you're probably already wondering where detoxification fits in there because of course we're sweating and that's what we think about with sweating. We're eliminating toxins through our skin. Skin is our largest organ and sauna use or some of the other uh, modalities we'll talk about, but really sauna is kind of top of that list. It's really the powerhouse there can be one of the safest and most effective methods for inducing a detoxifying sweat. So again, unlike being hot, standing outside in the sunshine or in an exercise class where you can get away being in that sauna, you're going to sweat a little bit longer, especially in an infrared sauna where the air around you is not heated and it's just heating up the body. You can tolerate more volume of heat, which is really beneficial. So in the sauna detox, your body's sweating out numerous toxins. So including dead skin cells. So we see some skin benefits here, oils, dirt, bacteria, other toxic, uh, toxic substances that are just going to be released from the skin. Some research showing that infrared saunas are more effective in moving toxins through the skin than traditional saunas. So traditional is what they use in Finland. That would be like a dry sometimes a dry heat. So they pour water over stones. I think everyone has seen a traditional sauna where it's like a huge wood box. You probably have seen one at your health club or gym at some point, multiple people can fit in there. There can be some moisture in there when they pour water over the stones in general, it's much hotter than infrared sauna. 
So research has shown that infrared saunas are more effective in moving toxins through the skin than a traditional sauna, which we mentioned earlier. It's like your the air around you is not being heated. Your body's getting hotter. We're seeing that 80 to 85% of the sweat is water. So with this water being eliminated from the body, we're getting things like cholesterol, fat-soluble toxins, toxic heavy metals, sulfuric acid, sodium, ammonia, and uric acid. These are the variety of elements that are in that water through your sweat. So a very popular detox protocol, which I have not tried. I need to put it on my list of things to do, but there's a popular protocol that combines infrared saunas with niacin supplementation. And that has shown to be a really effective way to reduce stored toxins. Have you tried that, Renee? I actually haven't, but I've recommended it a lot. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it's supposed to be pretty powerful. Because it can be really uncomfortable. So I think finding your dosage, just like your dosage of hormetic stress is so super personal. But you know, nice and you get that nice and flush, you can get really itchy and irritable. So um, I remember my first nice and flush, not with the sauna, just a nice and flush. And I was like, oh, you'll my face. <laughs> my face was so red. It kind of matched the color of my sports bra today. I was like, what is happening? Wow. <laughs> but then it passes yes. quickly. Don't worry. It does pass, but it's kind of kicking up and just making this protocol more effective. There are psilocybin protocols where you use niacin with the psilocybin to make it more effective so you can take less. So I think it's just like a potent activator, which is kind of cool. Yeah. So obviously with the sweat, we're raising our core body temperature, which is really the basis for all of this heat stress exposure, raising your core body temperature. And the natural reaction is to release sweat. And there's an even bigger benefit if you do it in a relaxed state. So different, a little different than exercise. So, you know, exercise can be stressful. If you sweat in a relaxed state, it promotes blood flow to your organs, which we want lots of, and that creates a detox that starts at the cellular level and reaches the whole body. And that is why this benefit list goes on and on and on because it's systemic. It is at the cellular level and we are affecting so many things in our body. So heat is magic period. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's amazing how there's such a difference between sweating in a sympathetic state versus sweating in a parasympathetic state. I think that's so cool. Mm -hmm. Yes. Love it. All right. Next up athletic performance. So if anyone has been watching the Olympics, maybe you have seen some ads or things on Instagram where a lot of the athletes are using cold therapy and heat therapy, which I think is really cool. I would love to do like a biohacking for Olympic athletes, like, you know, interview a bunch of athletes and see what they're doing. But I always wondered what they do, because I know there's a lot of United States sports teams that use biohacking, but they won't reveal that because they're trying to get a competitive edge. They don't talk about it freely. Like baseball teams are using new fit. It's like, you don't want the other team to know how you're actually (laughs) kicking up these natural healing processes and making you stronger. So, man, that would be really fascinating, but I wonder if they don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we know at least cold is expected, right? Cold and heat are like a given, but I'm sure they're using red light therapy and all kinds of other cool things. All right. So how does this improve our athletic performance? So the sauna is actually helping to fuel our muscles with different nutrients. So glucose, amino acids, fatty acids, and even oxygen. And at the same time, it's able to remove metabolic byproducts, things like lactic acid, calcium ions. So it's a really good balance of like in and out there. 
And the reason that we can see that happening is because it's dilating the blood vessels. That is then increasing oxygen flow and circulation. And that's how we're really driving the nutrients into the muscles. And we know the more nutrients in the muscles, we see an increased healing. It helps to really prevent uh, damaged tissues. So really, really powerful stuff there. Uh, the sauna also can rebuild new red blood cells, also very important in the healing and recovery process. Yeah, and a lot of this is just uh, that inflammation team coming in. When we get that inflammatory response from an injury, it signals to the body to kick up circulation and blood flow, and that is sending nutrition into that area. So I think that process is is um, very highly correlated there. Increased circulation is huge. Right. Right. So yeah, so great recovery with that. And then the other really cool thing is we see very similar results from moderate intensity exercise as we do sauna. Um, a really cool study we'll link to where they actually looked at 19 volunteers and they compared doing like a 25 minute sauna session versus this moderate intensity exercise. And they saw a very similar benefit in blood pressure and heart rate. So maybe if you can do both, that's great. But just know that even maybe if you're not working out that day, a sauna session, you're going to get a lot of the same benefits. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Cardiovascular function. That seems like a natural transition. Renee, you want to talk about that? Yeah, sure. So um, like I said, we see similar things happen with blood pressure and heart rate as we do with exercise. So many great studies on this. One that would really jumped out at me was that we found uh, a risk of developing high blood pressure was nearly 50% lower in men that used saunas multiple times a week. Hold the phone. <laughs> Everyone stop. Go get in the sauna. <laughs> yes. No reason to have high blood pressure. I mean, 50% were worth trying. Um, we also Power. see regular sauna use is linked to lower risk of stroke. What else? It's also really good for patients with stable coronary artery disease. I mean, it's really just endless as far as cardiovascular function, it's incredible. Mm, we need to just stock every doctor's office, clinic, hospital with some infrared saunas. How about that? Easy, yeah. not that expensive. That should be the prescription. Instead of jumping to medication, be like, why don't we try the sauna first? And you know, diet and exercise, great too. But what a novel idea. Like, can we kick up communication in the body so the body can do what it's designed to do? Wow. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo. Yeah. The body is just really powerful. I'm just infinitely amazed at how much our body is capable of. And I think the communication is a huge piece of that. Our body's trying to talk and send signals. And with our modern lifestyles, with the standard American diet, with medications, with environmental toxins, we're shutting down communication. So all that this does, simple heat exposure, just kicks up communication. Exactly. And we know communication in our personal relationships just makes everything better. So why wouldn't it work in the body too? <laughs> communication is key. Yes. Yeah. Great. So along with that, we're lowering inflammation and also reducing pain. Obviously, if we can call inflammation, and I don't mean shut off the inflammation altogether, because as you've heard in the last few episodes, that inflammation and inflammatory response is really necessary. But heat exposure can be really helpful not with acute inflammation or an acute injury, but once that inflammation has kind of subsided, once the initial pain has subsided, heat exposure can be really helpful at sending in that inflammatory team, making sure that that area is getting all the nutrients, um, kicking up in circulation and blood flow to increase our red blood cells, carry oxygen to that site. It's all just telling our body that you are capable of healing and we're allowing for space 
and for your little inflammation team to come on in. Yeah. And a, a really great study about inflammation. I just wanted to share real quick. So we've talked about C-reactive protein previously on the podcast. This is like the best inflammatory marker. Always get this on your blood test. You should know what your CRP is. More specifically, high sensitive uh, C-reactive protein, a little bit better to know. But this study found that with four to seven sauna sessions per week, that's a little bit of a wide range, but I always recommend at least four per week anyways, they found a reduction in CRP by 1.66 on average. I know like that number doesn't always sound like much, but keep in mind, we want our CRP to be less than one. I mean, the closer to zero, the better. And then we see a really, really high risk for a lot of issues, especially cardiovascular disease when we got above three. So a 1.66 drop is significant when we're looking at CRP. So a great way to fight off inflammation systemically. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And then we also see obviously a huge boost in the immune function. I think a lot of people know about this, you know, when you have a fever in your body, when you're sick, that's your body's natural way of producing that extra heat, because that's where we can see an increase in, you know, white blood cell production, collagen growth, T cell production, all of these things are going to help our body fight off viruses. And something really interesting, there was a doctor a long time ago that was actually trying to cure people's cancer by inducing a fever in the body. So rather than putting someone in a sauna, he would actually inject them with things like syphilis, not something fun that you want to get. He would actually inject <laughs> them. It would induce this internal fever and that heat production would then fight off the cancer or whatever chronic disease they had. So don't do that. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Just go get in a sauna. You'll get yeah, similar benefits. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, amazing that we can just see an increase in all of these immune cells just by doing this heat production. And I will personally wow. say, I think the sauna was huge in my healing process when I had COVID. I was fortunate enough that I felt okay to go in the sauna, but I would go in there every day and just sweat it out. And I think that was a huge game changer for me. And mm, a awesome. cool study here too, um, 25 healthy subjects who regularly use saunas found they had significantly fewer episodes of common colds than those who did not. Yeah. No one wants to get sick. So there you go. No, not fun. I think something else to note here, there's been a lot of studies on how there's a significantly higher increase in something like white blood cell counts and, and monocytes in athletes compared to untrained subjects. And we see that in, in studies across a lot of benefits, not just the immune system. And I think uh, what's happening here is one, there's more consistent exposure, but also, you know, if we're kicking up, if we're up-leveling, optimizing, and in general, we're starting to practice more uh, of a healthy lifestyle, choosing more healthy practices, we get into that higher metabolic state with a higher immune function, you know, all, all these optimized states, it's going to keep working for you. So there's like a, an exponential increase in benefit. So I don't know if that's motivating to some people, but the more you do it, the more consistent you do it, the more you're going to reap the benefits. Like one sauna session is not going to change your life. So we'll give you guys some actionable items if getting to a sauna regularly is not so easy for you. Yeah, absolutely. I think the consistency is really helpful. Yeah. Hey, biohackers. We wanted to take a brief moment to thank our sponsor for today's episode. As biohackers, we're always looking for a functional and healthier non-alcoholic drink option. We have both personally seen what a night of drinking can do to the quality of our sleep, our heart rate variability, and other biometrics. And trust us, it's not good news. 
This is where three spirit drinks come in. We can still enjoy a mocktail filled with healthy ingredients like ashwagandha, valerian root, lemon balm, and turmeric. Our personal favorite is the nightcap drink. We pour it over ice and add a slice of orange, and it's the perfect way to end our day without disrupting our sleep. Curious to try it yourself? Check out the show notes for today's episode for the link to Three Spirit. We can't wait for you to try it. So beyond the immune system, we see a boost in cognitive function and neurogenesis. You've heard us talk about BDNF. It's one of our favorite words. BDNF is what modulates our neuroplasticity. So we can see a reduction in anxiety and depression, even from very early life stressful events. So with this heat exposure, we're getting an increased expression of these proteins. They have studied this in depression with chronic activation of the body's inflammatory response. We're actually promoting the development of depressive symptoms. That's inflammation based inflammation cause. Is that what I'm trying to say? (laughs) Inflammation is implicated in depression. So again, by quelling that inflammation or supporting the inflammatory response, we can see a reduction in these depressive symptoms, anxiety symptoms. And there was a double blind study that was done on 30 healthy adults. They were all diagnosed with depression and they exposed the participants to a single session of whole body hypothermia in which their core body temperature was elevated to 101.3, which is basically a low-grade fever. And they experienced an acute antidepressant effect that was apparent within a week of treatment, only one week, and actually persisted for six weeks after treatment, which I think is incredible. Wow. Rather than taking wow. you know, medicine daily and shutting off that communication pathway, one session, one session. That's incredible. I always feel really great and happy when I get out of the sauna. So (laughs) we were saying that with the cold exposure, like I dare you to do a little cold and like feel depressed or feel, I think let's dare everyone to do the same thing with heat. I get in a sauna and I dare you to not feel good. I mean, the, the caveat here is that with this hormetic response to there is like a little bit of discomfort immediately before you get that rebound effect. So yeah, you could feel a little stressed. You might have your, your heart rate increase, your blood glucose is most likely going to elevate, but that is the rebound effect that is stimulating that rebound. So you get all of these benefits. So like very, very short term, you maybe don't feel amazing, but wait like 10 minutes. <laughs> yes. Just got to work through it. And then you'll see the benefit on the other side. Yep. Yeah. Worth worth working for. Absolutely. Yeah. And then another factor that I know a lot of people are probably wondering about is, does it help with weight loss? Yes. (laughs) It actually does. So for a couple of reasons, you know, like I said, it is similar to what we see with moderate exercise, but because we're in that parasympathetic state, what we see is when we are increasing our core body temperature, the body is working really hard to cool itself off, right? Like Lauren said, it's like that internal air conditioning unit. And during that, not only are we getting that healthy sweat, but we're burning the calories and a great study published in JAMA found potentially burning up to 600 calories in a session. And that was about a 40 minute sauna session. So crazy. Yeah. Not crazy. I believe it, but that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And the really great thing is, you know, for people that can't exercise, right, Lauren, we were just talking about this the other day. Like I saw this woman who was, she was really obese and I saw her walking down the street and she was struggling just to walk. Like it was really heartbreaking to watch. And I was just thinking, you know, someone like that, they can't exercise. Like, so much 
pain. So much pain. So this is such a great opportunity for someone that has whatever medical condition where they can't exercise, even if it's not just being overweight, but if there's some like respiratory condition or whatever, this mm-hmm. is a really great other option to get into a sauna. Yeah. I would say this sauna combined with an anti-inflammatory diet is the best preparation to then get you into a state where you can start working out, even if you still need low impact, you right. really need that, that prep work. So this yeah. goes really hand in hand with weight loss. We also see insulin and glucose regulation. And yes, I just said your glucose is probably going to spike a little bit in the heat. Unless mine certainly does. I think Renee does too. It's a very common effect, but with that rebound effect, we actually see lower fasting glucose levels and we see more sensitive insulin and you want it to be sensitive. So at the cellular level, Insulin resistance is really an oxidative stress problem. So this is why we're trying to support our inflammatory process. We're trying to kick out those free radicals to go in on the cellular level. So you're experiencing this on a systemic level. Yes, you should still avoid sugar. Look at your responses to food, but this goes really hand in hand. I just think it's a great stack. We always encourage more stacks because one thing is probably not going to get you there. One thing may not move the needle. But if you can do all of these things together, it's a really powerful way to move closer to your goals. So what's happening here, and they study this in diabetic mice with the heat exposure from saunas, we're clearing glucose from the blood. And by clearing it, we're reducing insulin resistance. It's almost like, let's reset, clear it out, start over. We're also seeing an increased expression of GLUT4 transporters, which we talked about on the longevity episode. And that's going to allow glucose to be transported directly into the muscle from the bloodstream. So again, just like a more clear communication pathway. So if you're struggling to get your glucose down, if you are diabetic, pre-diabetic, um, or, you know, just reacting negatively to certain foods, pairing some sauna exposure can really help that process. Heat exposure also stimulates growth hormone, which you know is really important hormone for body repair, for recovery, and even fat loss. We get this in our deep sleep. So if you're going to bed on time, nice and early, you're going to get that stimulated growth hormone, but we can also get this release from the sauna exposure. Yeah. And then just to wrap this up, I think the final piece really is stress reduction. So we actually see an increase in serotonin and dopamine, which are those Well, serotonin, we think of as like the happy neurotransmitter in our brain. And then dopamine is like that motivation or driver. We really want higher levels of those. And we can see that just from some sauna sessions. And then also, obviously, if you're pairing the sauna with something like a meditation practice or breath work, really easy things to do in the sauna, just put on some nice relaxing music and kind of work through that. And then bonus points, if you get some social engagement. So if your sauna is big enough to jump in with a friend, or maybe if it's a bigger sauna, like our podcast guest coming up next week, he is building a sauna for 40 people. So you get an entire party in there. Can you imagine (laughs) just like socializing and sweating it out? So we're going to see a bigger increase in these stress reduction benefits if we're doing it with other people. It's just such a great place to take a pause, get some stillness, put your phone down. I'm super guilty of trying to bring my phone into the sauna because I'm like, (laughs) let me just get some stuff done. But no, try to take the time to de-stress. This is why I love using the sauna at mom and dad's house because the phone doesn't work down there. I like lose all service. (laughs) So you have to go in there either with your own thoughts or sometimes I take a book, but naturally it ends up being a really calming experience. So again, 
dare you to feel crappy when you come out of there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't take my phone in just because it overheats within 30 seconds. So. Oh, that too. That too. It's like, <laughs> oh, I need a cola. <laughs> yeah. It forces <laughs> Which you I've, to- had a, I've had a few times in Austin just being outside here. I swear, like Austin, it's just one giant sauna. My phone is constantly like, what are you doing to me? <laughs> Put me in the cold plunge. Yeah, it is brutally hot there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Getting the humidity, a lot of humidity, which I despise humidity. I really hate humidity. I prefer dry heat, but we know there's a lot of benefits to humidity. We don't have to spiral today, but there's some COVID studies about how that humidity can actually be beneficial. Um so as much yeah. as I hate it, I'm like, okay, okay. I'll take a little humidity. <laughs> and then do your cold plunge. You'll be a-okay. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so yes. how do we do it? We mentioned sauna is kind of the top powerhouse of this list, but we have some different variations of using a sauna. You want to kick this off, Renee? Yeah. Let's talk about the infrared sauna first, because I think that's a, a little bit newer in like the history of saunas and how they work. They are different than like the dry sauna and there's even near infrared, far infrared, mid infrared. There's multiple wavelengths there, but so this is essentially using light to create heat, which means they heat your body directly without significantly warming the air around you. And that's really how we can tolerate that higher temperature than like a dry sauna. And you'll feel that like you can easily crank up the heat and you're like, oh, this doesn't feel so bad versus a dry sauna. It's a little more painful, I would say. Oh, <laughs> and, yeah. Um, Traditional, I'm like, oh, I can't breathe. <laughs> yeah. Can't yeah. Breathe. <laughs> yeah. So the, in the light waves, they actually penetrate deeper into your body. So potentially two to six inches, depending on the area of your body. Um, and by penetrating that deep, it allows more activation of your sweat glands. Uh, a side note here, when you're looking at a sauna, you do want to be careful about the materials used. So, you know, you don't really want to go with the cheapest option. Like I think even like Costco is selling saunas now, but you have to wonder what kind of, you know, toxic chemicals they're putting into the uh, materials there. And then there's also potentially high mm-hmm. EMFs. I mean, yeah. most people aren't talking about EMFs. I'm sure like the Costco sauna is not even measuring that. So We really like clear light and sunlight. And those are two great brands. If you wanted to invest in a sauna, we know that it's lower EMFs. Um, Also sauna space. That's a really good like pop-up option you could put in your house, low EMFs. And then even Therasage, they use some really cool technology to help keep the EMFs a little bit lower, but you still get the infrared benefits and you can Mm -hmm. pop that thing up in the middle of your living room. Really, really easy. Or higher dose. We had higher dose Lauren Bowler and Jerry on our podcast last year. She has a um, a facility in New York, but she sells an infrared sauna blanket, which is if you can't fit a sauna in your house, um, definitely look at the pop up sauna space with the next level down and much more affordable and uh, great for small spaces like New York. Infrared sauna blanket is a great option, and that's also low EMF. We've tested that. Yeah, so many great options. So when I mentioned there's all different types of infrared. And I think one of the most popular is the near infrared because most of the sun's energy is near infrared, uh, the near infrared spectrum. So we really are biologically wired to use near infrared energy. It doesn't mean the other ones are not beneficial, but that's a really big majority of the sun's energy. And we're like Renee said, we're creating this radiant heat from the inside out and the shorter wavelengths um, actually mimic the sunlight. So you can penetrate even more deeply to raise your core temperature. 
So a little bit different than far infrared, where the longer wavelengths are absorbed by water, which means they're not going to easily get past the water in the surface layers of your skin to get to those deeper levels. So there's like a little bit of a barrier there. And then mid infrared is kind of in the middle. I would say a sauna that kind of combines all of these can be really beneficial. I think anytime we isolate anything or get away from how nature intended it to be, we get run into some trouble. So if the sun, the sun, the natural sun offers all of this, it's probably wise to take advantage of all spectrums, but near infrared is showing the potential for the highest benefits specifically. Yeah. I would say a really cool feature on my sunlight and sauna is there's different programs. There's a anti-aging weight loss, relaxation, inflammation, and based off of which program you pick, it will provide the right wavelength. So I've noticed like weight loss is mid and far relaxation is near and mid. So like it takes, takes the guesswork out. It just tells me what to do. So oh, cool man, that's like, a, that's a true biohack because you're allowing technology to just do the math for you. I appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. And I just try and switch it up every once in a while. So. Oh, cool. Very cool. So that's what we're seeing with these infrared saunas. So if you go to a place that has a sauna, they're probably marketing it as an infrared sauna. And that is very different than your traditional sauna, which is a Finnish sauna. And fun fact, sauna is the only Finnish word in the English dictionary. It's cool. become that popular. So we stole sauna from the Finnish culture. And as we mentioned earlier, it really is just like a staple in their culture. Everyone's using sauna. And so in this traditional sauna, the temperature actually gets a lot hotter. But as Renee said, like the air is also hot in there and it gets a little bit more um, uncomfortable. Um, so you probably can spend a little bit less time in there, kind of depending on your comfort level. I am much more bothered by heat than Renee. That's why she led this episode. But <laughs> The only, I think the big difference for me with a traditional sauna, actually two big differences. So we have the, the hot stones or the rocks and water is poured over them, which creates some humidity. As I mentioned before, humidity can create some benefits for the lungs, but in the sauna, it really can vary from like 12% in a more dry sauna to 30 to 40% with more water. So to me, that would probably be like a, a personal preference. Uh, the other big difference here is that we're not getting the, the light therapy that we get in the infrared sauna. So that visible light spectrum where the light is penetrating. So you're just getting the heat, which we know is beneficial is literally the thousands of benefits we just read. The heat is very beneficial, but the combination of the heat plus the light is just biggest bang for your buck. And then as Renee said, we can have some EMFs if you're buying your sauna at Costco. Great for them for um, trying to heal the world, but um, there's some radiation issues with that. And we don't see that as much in traditional saunas because the radiation is filtered out by those stones and the rocks. I'm like in front sauna where you have to plug it in. There's energy. There's all kinds of things coming at you. Hmm. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's interesting. Great. Yeah. And like you said, if you're going to like a gym or something and they have a sauna, they're, they're going to tell you it's infrared. They're going to market it that way. Yeah. I hear that all the time. I don't know if it's infrared, like they will tell you because it's probably more mm -hmm. expensive. <laughs> yeah. And then what if you don't have access to a sauna and you don't want to buy a sauna? You can always do a hot bath as long as you have a bathtub. <laughs> That's the only requirement. Yeah. <laughs> um, hot bath's great. I mean, obviously find the right temperature for you. And then bonus points, if you add like Epsom salts or magnesium, maybe some essential oils. Like there's great ways to just add on to that while you're in there, but you're going to get uh, some, of, some of the similar benefits. And obviously it's very relaxing, which is always great. 
And then to tag on to like our cold shower episode or cold episode, you can do that contrast, right? The hot and cold in the shower. So find what interval works for you. Maybe like a five minute shower where you're doing 30 seconds hot, 30 seconds cold. Um, just that contrast is going to actually provide a lot of benefit. Cause again, it's all about that hormesis. So little stressors back and forth. And when we combine these we see a synergistic increase in growth hormone, which is that really important hormone for restoration and repair in the body. I think the only thing with the contrast hot cold shower, and I do love this protocol, I feel like the hot is more of your recovery from the cold. So we yeah. talked about this in our cold episode, but if we're focusing on hot, I wouldn't really say the cold is your recovery from the hot because you're probably going to f- burn yourself before you actually are getting that proper heat stress. So I think it would be even more beneficial to just let your hot water run, let that steam, that's the humidity build up. Um, And then if that gets too unbearable, then turn on the cold, get your recovery. But I think um, a little bit longer, like uh, really getting into the water exposure and the steam that's produced rather than just trying to get hot because you're probably not going to get stress hot from that quick contrast. Right. Good point. Yeah. We're not going to see like the heat shock proteins just from doing that. Yeah. And then side note, if you are doing the shower, well, I assume you're showering every day anyways. (laughs) Great thing to invest in is a shower filter. So Lauren mentioned like the humidity. So that means you're inhaling any of the chemicals that are coming through your shower. So shower filter is really great. I think you could probably argue a shower filter is more important than just like a water filter. So drinking the water versus inhaling it into your lungs, definitely a good biohack there. Yeah. And they're fairly cheap. You can get them on Amazon. I think I got mine for like $30. It's not one of those things you have to put on your wish list and, and save up money for. Exactly. Um, I would get one tomorrow. Yeah. Great. And we'll link to a couple options for that in the show notes too. Cool. So key takeaways here, again, because this is a stressor, just like cold, just like exercise, any of these things are kicking up this hormetic stress response. It's always going to be to your tolerance. So it's going to be different for everyone. Everyone is going to have a different temperature where you kind of start to feel that stress. Um, so you really have to find your point of discomfort. So maybe if you're going in a social setting, sitting in a sauna with your friend, maybe you have to get out before your friend. Uh, maybe you need to kick it up a little higher. Definitely experiment with that because it's all about your point of discomfort. And if we do too much stress, that can be deleterious. So we want to make sure that we're getting just on that edge. It's like tap into it and then come back to that Goldilocks rule, like just the right amount. Yeah, exactly. And then I think along with that, just be consistent. So like every healthy habit, what can you be consistent with? I bought a sauna and put it in my house because for me, that's just easier. I work from home. I know that I can do that almost every day, but figure out what kind of practice or unit that works best for you. And then really just stick with it. Uh, You're going to see a lot more benefit with that consistency. Yeah. I was amazed at how many studies were like, oh, well, if it's consistent, you're really, really tapping into the benefits where, you know, we said this before, one sauna session is not going to change your life. Even once a month, it's probably not going to. So whatever that is for you, you can all become athletes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And our goal really is just to raise our core body temperature enough to jumpstart our natural healing abilities, our natural healing processes. Our body is capable of so much if we just keep that communication pathway in place and adhere to these very natural ancestral practices. Our ancestors were exposed to cold. They were exposed to heat and they survived. So a little bit of stress helps us grow and adapt. 
and just repeat it one more time, like our bodies have these natural mechanisms. We have our own AC unit to regulate our temperature. So sometimes we don't have to spend a lot of money on our AC unit. We can get a little uncomfortable and then find a way to cool off with an ice bath or um, even just going outside and sweating. I wouldn't say like, if you can't do a sauna, you should not try heat exposure at all. Like something is better than nothing. Yep. Just get out of your comfort zone, whatever way you can. (laughs) Awesome. All right. So there's your hot therapies. Uh, We will link in the show notes to some places that we found. New York has a lot of great options, uh, fix, higher dose. There's Russian and Turkish baths. You're so lucky you have so much of that in New York. I know out here in Vegas, I know a couple of wellness centers that have infrared saunas. You can get like a monthly pass. And then a new place just opened up out here called Heatworks. That's a little bit more using like yoga and some exercise stuff within infrared saunas, which is a little more intense. Um, yeah, I kind of want to try it out just to see what it's like, but they just popped up here. So I'll link to that. And then also we'll give you all the shopping lists. If you want to buy one for your house or get the blanket, all of that good stuff. You also could make your own sauna. You can buy these lamps and kind of do your own setup. If you're a DIY kind of person, you can definitely get creative. You don't have to spend all the money. There are way more, uh, affordable and expensive ways to just create your own sauna. If you do have a little bit of space. If you're in New York, I'll just say FIX, which is spelled F-I-C-S. We have a discount code there. So if you make an appointment with Biohacker Babes, you're going to get a, oh, I think 15% discount. Shouldn't have said that without checking, but you definitely get a discount. Show up to Biohacker Babes. They have a great infrared sauna there. They also have cryotherapy and some other healing modalities. It's really awesome. Great people there. So if you're in the New York City area, go check them out. And always great to note, just before we close up shop today, there are some disclaimers, some considerations for not doing heat exposure. If you have any open wounds, if you have circulatory issues, if you have any heart issues, high blood pressure, deep vein thrombosis, if you're suffering from fever or infection, definitely get this checked out with your doctor. Make sure you get this clear before you expose yourself. I mean, a very low dose could probably, as we said, kick up these natural healing abilities. You just want to make sure that it's not going to be too much stress for your body. So make sure to clear that with your doctor. And hmm, we hope you get your sweat on today. I'm using the sauna space in Austin and it is hot, let me tell you, Um, but it feels really great. Super energizing. So we're trying to make heat exposure, cold exposure, even cooler than it already is. So if you are visiting your local sauna, if you find a way to create your own sauna at home, take a picture. If you're going to take a video, maybe do something silly, some mobility, or just something interesting, tag Biohacker Base, because we are always curious how you are putting these practices into your daily life. And we love to share the love. So happy heat stressing, happy hormetic healing. Great tagline. I love it. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you everyone for joining us today. We will see you next time. Love this episode of the Biohacker Babes podcast? Head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We truly appreciate your support. Until then, happy biohacking. This podcast offers health, fitness, and nutritional information and is designed for educational purposes only. You should not rely on this information as a substitute for, nor does it replace professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have any concerns or questions about your health, you should always consult with a physician or other healthcare professional.